Proverbs 18 through 20, 21. From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Amen. Hey, thank you so much, Abby. Great job. Okay, good morning. All right, maybe not. Um, good to see you guys here today. Welcome to everyone who's here in person, and for those of you who are watching at home, so glad you could join us. My name is Danny Pierce. I am the pastor uh, here at Antioch Quincy, and uh, I just I love this group of people. It's a lot of fun um, being in this community with you guys, and so, so thank you. So we are in our series called Walking in Wisdom. Uh, we've primarily been in the book of Proverbs. And uh, as, we, as we've said before, this is just wisdom is something that is talked about a lot in Scripture. Um, and, and God himself is infinitely wise, right? And he shares his wisdom. He reveals his wisdom to us. Um, and so we're just taking a few weeks to spend some time looking at individual topics. Last week, Kendra talked a lot about the, the issue of fear, right, and the fear um, of, that we experience in our life, uh, that may be uh, very real, right, very understandable, and yet in comparison to the greatness of the Lord, right, the fear of the Lord that we, we are called to walk in um, and how he sets us free from that fear. And so this is a great example of, of a sermon um, that was built on the wisdom from experience, right? This is her experience as she has spent time in the Word and with the Holy Spirit in her life and how it has shaped us. And so uh, I commend you if you weren't here uh, or if you were here and you had a child uh, yapping in your ear the whole time, we have that sermon on a podcast and you can listen to it again. And if you heard it already and you feel like I should listen to it again, it's on that podcast. There's no, no, no one's, no one's going to tell you not to listen to it twice or more. Um, okay, so this morning we're going to take a look at a different uh, topic in the book of Proverbs, uh, I think I may have said this a couple weeks ago, but there's one definition of, of wisdom um, that, that I ran across that I thought was interesting, and this one guy just wrote it as, it's the skill of coping with life, right? The skill of coping with life. Now, I, I don't know how many of you, uh, perhaps when you were younger, or if you are still young, um, or, or had wisdom passed on to you from your parents or grandparents or others in your life. Um, it's a common thing to pass these on, and sometimes you don't even know you're getting it when you're younger, and you, but you just find yourself going back to lessons you've learned, right? Um, and so little proverbs. We have a lot of proverbs in the English language here in America. Um, I'm a fan of proverbs even outside of the Bible. Just I think I like the way that they can capture so much, right? So for those of us who keep dwelling on a past um, disappointment or perhaps a failure or something, can hear my, my parents' voice in the background, there's no use crying over spilled milk, right? How many of you guys ever heard that one? Okay. Right? For those of us who are uh, struggling to figure out why we don't have money to do the things we want to do, and you're like, I feel like I should have the money, but where is it all going? And you need to remember your parents or your grandparents, in my case, who grew up in the Great Depression, to remind you that a penny saved is a penny earned, right? And so on. Um, it's, it's a common way to pass, uh, pass things along to help us grow and learn. Um, one of the most common ones 
that I remember as a kid, and I would suspect that many of you heard this as well. Uh, how many of you, you know, if you were getting picked on in the neighborhood or, or bullied at school and your parents told you to say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. How many of you guys were told to, to say that, right? Okay. Parents, how many of you have told your kids to say that to people? Yeah, I find that one dying out. And for good reason, right? Oh, and I don't want to do, I, I, I mean, we could do this. We could ask, at what point in your life or under what circumstances was it that you realized that that little proverb simply isn't true, right? That sticks and stones do, in fact, break bones, but words hurt a whole lot worse, Okay. Uh, and I think, and it really, I mean, I have never told my kids, I mean, they may have heard me say the phrase, but I don't teach them that, because uh, I just have 40 plus years experience telling me that it isn't true. Um, the, the fact is, is words hurt a lot. Um, I have received numerous physical injuries in my lifetime. Uh, it's a life of adventure. They're, they're all evidence of fun. That's what I call it. I've broken a few bones in my life, torn a few tendons, had 15 stitches to get this eyebrow back on. Uh, And I tell these stories to my kids. I got cool scars I can show them. Uh, And we laugh about it, right? I mean, there's not a single injury in my physical injury in my life that I can't laugh about today, Uh, even though some of them still hurt, right? I mean, when the weather's changing, uh, I have, because I've broken a few fingers, they hurt, right? My collarbone right here still, like it broke like this and came back up and so it has like this giant knot and it hurts. Usually in the fall, when the weather's changing in the fall, I just start getting sore right here. And I don't care. I just kind of laugh about it. All right, the stitch is one that I tell about my kids. Love that story. And it basically is a life lesson on why you should never ride on the handlebars of your friend's bike. Okay? Wisdom being passed along to the next generation. Unfortunately, none of the wisdom that my kids learn from me is like on a positive side. It's always like, hey, don't do this, right? Don't ride on the handlebars of your friend's bike. You know, don't play baseball in the house. Bed sheets make bad parachutes. Those important lessons that we all need to learn, okay? Um, And when my family gets together, so I grew up, I'm one of six kids, four boys, two girls. And I think it's fair to say that we were a, a rough and tumble family, okay? So of the four boys... I'm not the youngest, but I was always the runt, believe it or not. Uh, I'm still, to this day, if the Pierce uh, boys were to get into a rumble, I would be the first one out. And that's just because they're all bigger and stronger than I am. Uh, We were rough, right? We weren't violent and we weren't mean-spirited, but we were rough. Wrestling was our love language. We didn't hug. We didn't say I love you very often, but we wrestled. We got hurt. There are, uh, my brother put his elbow through the door. I have my little sister who would get into the mix, went through two different screen doors in the house that we had to replace. We can just keep going on. And when my family gets together, we tell these stories, right, of tag team wrestling matches in the living room or living room football or, you know, bouncing from bed to bed to, to, to fight. And we just tell these stories and we laugh about it. The injuries we got, boxing matches, which winter mittens do not work well for boxing gloves, all these things. Okay. The stories we don't tell, though, right? We don't sit there and say, hey, remember that time when I had a bunch of friends over the house and you pointed out that deep place of insecurity in my soul that you knew about and you made fun of me and everyone laughed, right? We don't tell those stories. We don't tell those stories, right? And I I would suspect that if we walked around the room and had people share, we would all have those stories, 
Okay? Physical injuries usually, I mean, as long as they're accidental and not someone intentionally trying to hurt you, are things that we look back on and, you know, we kind of laugh about it and, and, and move on with life. It's unfortunate, but words still hurt. Many of us in this room, I, if I had to guess, actually I would say probably all of us, uh, still live, right? Still have some place of wounds in our soul because of words we heard when we were younger, okay? Sticks and stones do break bones, but words definitely hurt. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to take some time. Proverbs actually says a lot about the way we speak to people. I'm just going to narrow down on this one area um, of the, the uh, power and the purpose of words. Okay, so uh, if you could turn in your Bibles to, to Proverbs 12, uh, 12, 18. I should probably turn there as well. That would help. Okay, 12, 18. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Okay? Proverbs 12, 18. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Uh, I want to focus on this word reckless here for a second, because reckless is kind of the point. Uh, we're not talking about difficult words. Uh, we're not talking about appropriate rebukes. Right? That if you have done something wrong or if someone has heard you uh, or saw you do something wrong or say something wrong and they say, hey, that's not appropriate. Right? That's not honoring of others. That's not what we're talking about. That's not a reckless word. Okay? Um, and what, you know, so we're not talking about like correction that's intended to, to, to bring maturity and growth. Uh, we're talking about flippant words, careless words. Um, words that are not concerned with, with the possible effect or the impact of what we're saying. Those are reckless words. And they can pierce like a sword. Uh, I think that imagery is interesting too, piercing like a, with a sword. Um, how many of you have ever played recklessly with a sword? Anybody? Okay, am I the only one? Because I have. Uh, i got a lot of stupid stories, guys. Um, there's actually still, to this day, in my bedroom, at least I think it's still there, uh, my childhood bedroom, a hole in the ceiling from me playing with a sword, my brother and I. It was a family heirloom passed down from the Civil War. Somehow we got a hold of this thing. I don't know what my parents were doing. And we're fooling around with it. And thankfully, it pierced the ceiling and not my brother. But the point is, is that that hole is actually still there. And this has been like 30 years, guys, right? <laughs> playing recklessly with the sword. You can hurt people, right? We all know that. And yet, with words, we can do the same thing. We just toss them out there like they're not, they don't mean anything, like they're not powerful enough, they're not dangerous. Okay? We have all been on the receiving end of reckless words. And if I had to guess, we have all been on the giving end of reckless words, correct? Right? Let's, let's not act like we're only victims here. We are perpetrators of the problem. And, and in fact, I, I would be willing to bet that all of us probably have a story or two where we said something carelessly that ended up being really hurtful. And when you see that response on their face, you know what I'm talking about? Like the pain. Man, does that hurt to see that response, right? We know the power of our words. Unfortunately, sometimes we don't know it until it's a little too late. Right. And this little side note is why I think like online discourse and interactions is so dangerous because people can say anything 
and never have to live with the consequences of their own words, right? You can say horrific things about people and never have to see the pain on their face or see them the next day knowing what you had said to them the day before, right? Um, Anyway, it's not a sermon about online stuff. Uh, Reckless words, they hurt. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Uh, So not just what we're talking about here, we're not just talking about saying nice things, right? We're going beyond just that. Um, I think part of the point here, part of the contrast, is that there is an intentionality to wise words, right? There's an intentionality to this. It seeks out those who have been hurt by reckless words and seeks to bring healing to them. The tongue of the wise brings healing. Okay? If, if reckless words are like a sword that's carelessly handled and ends up wounding people, our words are intended to be medicine, right? That seeks out that place of wounding and speaks life. Okay? That's what it means to, to, to have wise words, words used wisely. Uh, let's keep going. I want to take a look in Proverbs 18, the passage that, that Abby read. From a slightly different angle, it, it, it adds to the picture a little bit. So, uh, Proverbs 18, 20, and 21. From the fruit of the mouth, a person's stomach is filled with the harvest of their lips. They are satisfied. This is an interesting one. When I first read this, I'm like, ah, oh, what does that mean? Um, and in one sense, you can say, like, you can spot what kind of tree a tree is by its fruit, right? If, it's, if it has oranges growing on it, right, oranges do grow on trees, correct? Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Check your illustrations, Danny, before you come up. Uh, if it has oranges growing on it, you're not confused. You're like, hmm, apple? You know, is that, is that an oak? Um, in the same way, you can spot, oftentimes you can spot a person by the kinds of words they use, right? It tells you a lot what they say. Um, and even these phrases of, uh, you know, the, this person is filled, their stomach is filled, or they are satisfied. Um, the, the product of your words is what will come back and fill you, okay? Uh, the product of your words is what will come back and fill you. Uh, you'll have to live with the effects of your words, uh, whether that's positive or negative, Okay, like we see that in the, in the next verse. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Right? This is what we're talking about, is that the power, the use and the power of these words. Right? Life and death can both be found in the fruit of your words. Right? Both life and death can be found in the fruit of your words. Uh, some people love the power of words. Right? They know that what they say carries weight. Unfortunately, not all of them do so with the intention of bringing life, right? It can bring life or death. There are, in fact, people in this world who like to use the power of their words to negatively impact people's lives. It's just a fact. It's just the way it is. Um, Whichever one you love, according to these verses... Whichever one you love, it will come back to you. Now, this is another way of saying uh, the old biblical proverb, you reap what you sow. You guys know that one? You reap what you sow. If you are the person, the sort of person, for example, who tends to encourage others, right, who uses the power of words to encourage, to build up, um, 
Generally speaking, you will receive encouragement, okay? Not necessarily a one-to-one correspondence, right? Like, hey, I encourage you, and they say, great, let me encourage you back. That doesn't always happen. But generally speaking, if you are an encouraging person, a supportive person, you will experience the same. On the other hand, if you are a critical, negative, cynical person, guess what happens? You end up receiving that back. You reap what you sow. From the fruit of your words, you will be filled. Uh, you kind of, you, in a sense, you set up the conditions of your life, right? Whether it's, uh, like I said, these um, negative or, or critical, um, right? If you love speaking in that way, you will be filled like that. Okay. You will, you'll find yourself being surrounded by people who are like you. You know the old phrase, right? Misery loves company. You guys know that one? Generally speaking, it seems to be true, right? Misery loves company. People who sit around and they complain and they're negative all the time, they don't want to be around positive people, right? If we're honest, we are that way sometimes. I have been in situations where it's like, I'd really rather just be angry and complain right now. Please don't be nice. Like, just, I'd rather you go away. Um, okay, uh, when you speak words of life, you will find yourself receiving words of life, okay? Now, so my point is, this moves beyond uh, the point of, of the, the previous proverb, right? Um, talking about the effect of words not only on others, but on ourselves. Um, so our reckless words don't just hurt others. Ultimately, they do come back to us. Right. Um, it, our words, and I, again, I'm not just talking about individual words or the one time you say something. I'm talking about the consistent character of our speech. Right, sets us down a path towards life or to death, right? towards healing or towards wounding. Right. That is that is the power of words. Um, a couple weeks ago, when we started this series, I, I mentioned. Um, Approaching wisdom like this, that wisdom is, is understanding how God created something to work, right? And then living accordingly, right? And, and living according to that. Um, so if we understand how God created something and we use it properly, right? And we use it well, it, it's part of, uh, that, is, that is what wise living is all about, um, and so uh, we're going to take a second just to look at what you might call like God's created intention for, for his words or for words. If you go to uh, Proverbs 15, verse 4, 15-4. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Okay. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Now, I'm not going to spend time on the second part because I think we've covered that, right? Um, but this phrase, the tree of life, is an interesting one. It occurs 11 times in Scripture, okay? Uh, 11 times. It occurs some of those times are in the opening chapters of Genesis, which if you know that story, is not a surprise, right? That God creates Adam and Eve. He puts them in the Garden of Eden, and in the middle of the garden, right, is this, is this tree of life that they have access to. Um, and and, and the, this tree of life is a gift, a gift to mankind. Um, but access to that tree of life is cut off because they believe the serpent's words, right? He lies to them, deceives them, and they believe them. 
So that's some of the uses of that, that phrase, tree of life. Uh, there are some more, I think it's three or four of them, in the end of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, right, which um, looks at kind of this recreation, this new creation, um, a return to God's created intention. And I would actually say it's an escalation or amplification. But that's another story for another day. Uh, but it uses this Eden imagery, right, with the tree of life in the middle of the city where God's people live. And, and again, this tree of life is a gift to all of humanity. And it talks about how the, from the tree of life, its leaves are, uh, are for the healing of the nations, right? The tree of life is meant for healing. It's meant for life. So this phrase, tree of life, in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, at the end of the Bible in Revelation, and the other four instances are all in Proverbs, which I find really fascinating. Um, maybe no one else does, but I thought it was interesting. Of all the places, I don't think I would have guessed that. And it's not always about just the use of words. Wisdom itself is called the tree of life elsewhere in Proverbs. Um, but here's why I think this is, this is interesting, right? Because it connects these two bookends of Scripture. Um, that is, uh, one way we experience God's healing intention for us is through the power of words, Right? That, that access that was cut off because of rebellion against God, because of sin, we actually get to experience right, the tree of life. And whether you understand that to be a literal tree or metaphorical tree is not my point right now. We get to experience that life and healing through the power of words. The soothing tongue is a tree of life. Okay? Um, we recognize right, that we live in a broken world. I mean, not just a broken world, a, a world that is determined to break us down. But God enables us to speak life and healing. Uh, right? This is the power of world, words. God created the entire universe with nothing more than his words. And he gave Adam and Eve good words and said, hey, if you don't eat from this tree, you get to access the tree of life. Right? But because they believed the words of the serpent, they were pointed towards death, not life. Because the power of the tongue has life and death, right? And I don't think it's a coincidence that Jesus himself is called the word, right? He is the, John 1. He is the word that has always been there. And it's through the word that the word of God created all things. And in that word, according to John 1, is life. Um, so, so what does this mean for us now, is, is part of the question. Um, see, he has given us, uh, of, uh, he has given us this power, the power of words, to point people either to life or to death. Now, it might seem extreme. In some ways it is, I understand that. Um, but it gives us this power, this ability to point people towards life or to death. Both in the eternal sense, right? Pointing us to the word of life through whom eternal life is available. Um, but also in the, in the here and the now, right? Speaking life and hope in a world that just speaks out despair and brokenness. Um, if you go through Proverbs, I would encourage you sometime. And just start writing down, take notes of the ways it describes uh, how we're supposed to use words, the wise use of our words, right? For, I'm just in the passages we looked at today, healing, soothing, cheer, life, right? Other things, and, and so many other th words like that. 
That is what we are called to do. Because that speaks life and it points people away from the wounds that they receive from this world, away from the deceptions of the enemy, and points us back towards the one who gives us access to the tree of life. That is God's created intention for the use of words, is to point us to life. This is the effect, this is the, this is the purpose, not just the power, but the purpose of this, of, of, of words that God's given us. So, um, we're going to respond, uh, you can come up Kelly. Uh, so this week, I want to encourage you, you guys, Alex, wave that sheet up in the air. There's a little sheet that you, uh, I hope you got, if not, make sure you grab one. It does have some application points through the week. This is part of what we're doing as a church to grow in wisdom. And it gives you just every day a proverb or something like that to read and and a step to take to implement this so that you will grow in wisdom through every day. But today, uh, this morning, right now, this is how I'm thinking I would like to respond. Uh, Because those application points for this week tend to be very practical um, and, and others focused. But right now, I want to acknowledge the fact that many of us are still carrying wounds of words that were spoken to us, right? Many of us have been pierced by those reckless things that were said about us or right directly to your face, right? We want to take some time to ask God to speak to us, The one whose, whose words have the power to create, to heal, to bring life, And we're going to ask the Father just to speak to us. You might need to go grab somebody in the room, whether it's a friend or somebody you don't know, and say, man, I'm still dealing with this, right? I'm still hurting. I'm still wounded. Will you speak life to me? And it's hard. That is a challenge. That is humbling. And yet part of growing in wisdom as a community, right, is putting us in a position where we can say, I need the word of life spoken over me. Will you be the one to do it? I guarantee you no one in this room will say no. So let's, let's pray for a second and ask the Father to speak to us. Lord, we need to hear your voice today. Life is found in your voice. So would you speak words of healing, of life, of hope, from, from the light of heaven into the darkness of this world, Lord, the, the darkness that has been created in our hearts because of the wounds we've received over the years, would you speak life to us so that we can be people who speak life to others? So, Father, we give you this time right now to speak to us. We open up our hearts to you and say we need to hear your voice.